For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last talk. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. It's Halloween time. You fucking hogs. Well, I don't think Can that's you appropriate. Feel the cold wind blowing. <laughs> You're literally breathing on my neck. Is my breath cold? Yes, you have a, it's a serious problem. That's not good. No, it's not. It means I'm dead. Yes. <laughs> you can see the bones of skeletons. Does that make you feel weird? Do you have ASMR? I don't care. I'm not here to entertain you like that. I don't know. All right. But I want you to sit and think of the most horrifying thing that you can think of, and I'll tell you what it is. Stephen King's butthole. Can you imagine what it looks <laughs> All right. like? I don't no, want to think about what it looks like. Did no. I tell you my story want... about seeing David Cronenberg's butthole? <laughs> well, Welcome to the last you... podcast yeah, on I, the left well, first. Exactly. Last podcast on the left. This is it. I'm Ben. That's Marcus. We're here in Los Angeles with Henry. Yeah. Hold on. And we're doing listener pasta today. We're going to read a couple of creepy stories ourselves, one each, and then we got some phone calls coming from you, the listeners. Uh, going to be an absolutely fantastic, fun episode for Halloween to get you in the spirit. What is this about Stephen King? Well, David Cronenberg's <laughs> butthole. Did I tell you? Did I've ever told this story no. on the air mm-hmm. on the show. No, absolutely. David Cronenberg's butthole. No, I would have remembered that. I was at the Hollywood Doctor in Toronto. David Cronenberg lives in Toronto. I was doing a fun little George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg style prank on my co-star on Heroes Reborn, uh-huh. Heroes Stillborn, Ryan Guzman. Oh, well, I, just, I, I, I did a bunch. Pick up that humble brag there. Yeah, <laughs> you remember Ryan Guzman. I was uh, 13 episodes. I was guaranteed. I got paid for all 13, and I was only in 12, which is great. It's great money. Good money. And so I went, I, I, I fucked up. I fucked with his trailer, and he was coming back early from set, and I thought I, thought I was going to, like, you know, I was going to scare him because he was really scared of his ex-girlfriend so i wrote all these horrible messages all over his mirrors and lipstick so he would scare him and so he came back early uh-huh. uh, and i tried to like sneak away from him and i jumped between these two trailers and i fell over and i stabbed an inch like puncture wound in my leg uh-huh. and so i had to go to the hollywood doctor and normally what they do with hollywood doctor they treat actors like horses they're like fucking get back on set right get back on set you <laughs> little lousy actor i can see you out there dancing with your tiny feet show me how you dance uh-huh. show me how you sway back and forth with your titties almost like a That's woman a strange doctor it you is. don't want to go to that one no. so i go to the i go to, i'm in toronto and of course it's canada so everything's backwards. And so I go in there and the uh, the receptionist is like, oh, don't, the doctor is ready for you. I, I got to go back in there. Just go say hello to him. I go back to go say hello to the doctor. I open up the door. As I'm opening the door, I say, hey, this is Henry Zabrowski. I see a man bent over the table, asshole, completely out, lips like spread to the side. Doctor's looking down at like he's looking like there's gems at the bottom of that uh-huh. fucking tunnel. Guy turns around, I see his asshole, 
pan over to his face. It is David Cronenberg, <laughs> the body horror director. Wow. And I will say his an asshole looks like someone punched a pit bull's eye. And looks like a I'm not sure if we can release this footage. This might be too inside. Oh, we can do this. I think so, but that's the scariest thing I think of. Yeah, that makes it's the scariest thing that I can think of now too. I just mentioned licking it. All right, thank like you. We have, we have got Irons. to get to. Let's do some readings. Should we start with a reading or start Let's with a call, Marcus? Sorry, we, we, before the before we start, we could do traditional. All right, okay. we're gonna make you spooky. Right, this is spooky. Well, you had time. a chance to do traditional when you were talking earlier. Well, but it's you too chose bad. To- okay. I do, I'm doing another bit. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna do something else. All right, all right. Remember, all right. You're sitting at home. You're at work. All right. Can you again? It's it's witching time. It's the witching hour wherever you are right now. So take off them shoes. Take off your socks. Pick up your foot. Just start sucking on one of those toes. I don't think <laughs> dirty, that's appropriate. Dirty, naughty little listener. All right, now when I want you to go, you fucking roll up a big old, thick old, thick old piece of fucking mahogany. Mm. Some brown. I got some purple weed right now. Oh, okay. It's fucking Ooh. really nice. It's a hybrid. It's called purple sherbet. That makes sense. I and guess. so you get Although some of them purpley nugs. Get them fucking what's his name? Grimace. Some grimace dicks. <laughs> you fucking fire it up and you snap it in your lungs like uh. it's a fucking slim jim. Get stoned as fuck. To this fucking episode of Listener Pasta number 97. I think it's, well, it's something like that. You do it. it you be entertaining. It, it feels like it's episode 97 <laughs> at the very least. Who wants to read the first story? Mr. Parks, well, do you want we're to? We're going to listen to it. You want to listen to it? We're going to go to a caller first. Yeah. All right, here we go. All right, we have Richard with us now. Now, Marcus, you actually know Richard personally. Yeah, we hung out at uh, Shepherd when we did our UK shows. Uh, we hung out in Shepherd's Bush. A whole bunch of us had kebabs in the park. Yeah, oh. you had your study abroad moment for your sophomore year I, I studying had, I, in the UK. I was wondering why he left on the plane with a beret and speaking French because yeah. he said it was a superior language. He kept calling things a bonnet and a boot yeah. and saying it's like, "Yo, you got to come by my flat and all this horse yeah. shit." I had my sophomore year abroad condensed into one night when I was. 33 years old. All right. Well, thanks for calling in, Richard. What's the story? All right. Okay. So this is, to the best of my knowledge, a true story. I've changed some details because a lot of the people are still alive, and I don't want uh, any reprisals. That's so, why you're um, going to fucking yeah. kill them, Richard. Don't kill them, Richard. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. So the story's um, set in the 70s. So my mum was coming back from a night out with a friend, Tanwin. And it's raining really heavily, and she's in uh, she's in she's about seventy, and she hasn't been drinking long. She's a bit worse for that. So um, they're trying to get a taxi home, and it's, it's raining really heavily, and uh, the taxi rank is really long and violent as it tends to be in Swansea. So um, this taxi pulls in. Well, it's not really a taxi. It looks like it's the same as one of the cars, but it doesn't have a taxi light on the roof. So my mum jumps in the back, and Tamwin jumps in the front, and because um, she's a bit of a flirt. So uh, the man's a little bit creepy now. So my mum sat in the back of the car, and as they're driving along, she noticed there's no meter, there's no taxi light, oh, there's no radio. Whoever this guy was, he wasn't a taxi driver. Was it a rickshaw? <laughs> <laughs> no, Wales is a third world country, but it's not quite that okay. bad. Um, so, yeah, so they're driving now back to the road, uh, down the road, but instead of taking the motorway, like you usually would, um, they go down this mountain road. It's a really dark, dark road. So they're driving down now, and Mum's sitting in the back nervously, and her friend Tamwin's um, flirting with the guy in the front seat. And how's um, she going like, hey, your teeth is not as crooked as the others. <laughs> I was waiting how long it was going to take you before you openly mocked an entire people. I'm sorry. 
Well, this is Welsh, so it's, it's even worse than that. So, um, yeah, so he stops the car now and he turns the light on in the car and he, he adjusts the mirror so he's pointing down at my mum's miniskirt. He's trying to have a little peek up her dress. My mum closes her legs, feeling quite nervous, so he asks if they want a cigarette. So Tanwin takes one of these cigarettes and uh, he, he's touching her leg now and he's sliding his leg up this Tanwin's... Um, Tanwin's dress. My mum's horrified. This guy's old enough to be her dad. So he asks um, if, if they want to go out for a walk. Um, it's pouring down with rain now, and Tanwin's like, you crazy? There's no way we're going out for a walk. What are you talking about? And he's like, he says something like, um, oh, I thought you girls wouldn't mind getting a bit wet, and he pinches her thighs, you know, kind of kind of gross, creepy uh, dad stuff. Technically a great... Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming from a moustached man old enough to be their dad while they're alone in a country road makes if it slightly more creepy. If his name was Weinstein, it would have been an audition, and there would have been very lucky <laughs> there. Thank you for the... I could have been rich. ...references to Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Jesus, let it go. It's, I'm in Los Angeles. <laughs> Okay, so we're very far from Los Angeles in this story. So we're in this, so anyway, so my mum's horrified now. She wants to go home, so he agrees to drive him home. So he, he drops my mum off, but um, he takes Tamwin back. So a few days afterwards, now Tamwin's talking. She's having an affair with this guy. She's talking about where he's taking her, that they're having sex with his car, that eventually, not sorry, sorry, having sex in his car, not with his car. Um, he talks about uh, how how he's going to eventually leave his wife for her and stuff. So my mum's kind of horrified by this, but Tamwin hasn't had an easy life. Her mum's um, was actually in and out of mental institutions. She shaved all the family's head and tried to burn all the family's possessions in the garden. So um, you know, a little flirtation with the taxi driver is not the worst thing like that. Though. That's a strange. So it was about <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was a couple of months later that the murders happened. Uh, two young girls were bludgeoned to death and raped and found in the woods around in the mountain road. So loads of guys were taken in now as as, um, as possible suspects. Uh, people started locking the doors. Everyone was dead paranoid, but uh, eventually the trail ran cold and um, nobody was caught. So years and years passed now. Uh, two dead innocent girls died, were dead in the ground. Parents were up at night knowing that justice hadn't been served. So it was around 2000s that a guy got... Um, pulled in for drink driving and they did they, they had to put his um, DNA on the new database because if you commit a crime in the UK you get your DNA put on the database and um, they found that his DNA actually matched the DNA found on some of the victims but this guy was way too young way too young to be um, the murderer he would have been a child so after some deduction and burying up his dead father mm. they actually found that it was um, it was his dad that did it uh, so this guy had died just a couple of, I think about a year earlier, in the arms of his family of cancer. So, yeah, he, he kind of got away with it. But there's another slight twist to the story. So my mum was um, talking to my sister, who was uh, holidaying, uh, sorry, who was working in a holiday camp. And uh, she, my sister was saying uh, how she'd gone all the way to England, but made friends with a girl that grew up just a few miles away from her house. She said, oh, me and Tanwin are going out tonight and get hammered. And I thought... Tanwin, that's a really uncommon name. She said, uh, that's such a strange name. My friend was called Tanwin, um, the friend that had an affair with the Mountain Road murderer. So my sister laughed at how you know, nonchalantly she referred to such a horrible crime and stuff. And she turned and told her friend Tanwin. Tanwin got dead upset because um, she knew a lot about the Mountain Road murderer because it was actually her father. Uh, yes, yeah. Her mother was very um, sort of kind of really beaten down from being in such a horribly long relationship with a violent man. Uh, she knew that he was having loads of affairs and she was pregnant with her fifth child when she found out that he was having an affair with a 17-year-old girl. 
So um, she didn't tell him this, though. So until she gave birth to the baby and he was holding his newborn baby in his hand and he said, what are we naming her? And she turned to him and she said, Tanwin, knowing very well that that was the um, name of the woman he was having an affair with. Wow, so, yeah, it's crazy. Jesus. Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, are cryptic. Yeah, it is sort of yeah. like that Leatherface, uh, recent Leatherface movie. Not the most recent. Yeah, so I, I knew that Anne Wingo quite well, and she was, she was really nice. She was such a sweet girl, and, you know, so horrible that she grew up in a house with her father, a murderer and stuff. But, it's um, weird to, the be, one... like, to live your whole life as the punishment of your father. Yeah, very <laughs> like, Just by you having your name, you're reminding yeah. of, like, the most shameful part of their life and the, and the crimes that he did. Yeah, a petty insult is that's your name yeah, exactly. forever. Yeah. So the only thing I take from this story is obviously he got away with it all his life, and um, he died, you know, as a free man. But the only the only bit of solace I take is that I bet his wife made his life a fucking living hell. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, someone's willing so. to go that far. It's like it's like taking a prank too far. <laughs> all right, thank you so much for calling, Richard. Really appreciate that story. My goodness, that's some scary stuff. Yeah, that's great, man. Great story. <laughs> It's been a pleasure. I was really worried that Ben was going to read it out, but I'm glad I had the opportunity to no, do it. Don't, don't even stress it. Don't. You can't fucking read. I, well, it's absolutely untrue. I will. I could stop being fun when I read. <laughs> oh you just like saw a preview of what you would be like as a father. Yeah. I could stop being fun while I read. Are you on that? I won't drink you before that? you have to go to sleep. All right, hey, it's great to talk to you again, man. No problem. Hail yourself, guys. Hail, Hail yourself, buddy. buddy. All right, we got Maureen with us now. Uh, she hung out. She lived, grew up in a haunted house. Yeah. Isn't that scary? <laughs> it is very terrifying. I don't love it. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in, Maureen. Can't wait to hear the story. Let's just start uh, start with the, whatever, the beginning, I guess. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, I'll just tell you guys, like, the scariest story I have from the, like, 25 years my parents have lived in this house. Um and kind of started off with, I would be a full-blown atheist if it was not for growing up in this house. It's just been lots of crazy stuff over the years. But um, when I was 15, uh, I lived in the world. Well, I didn't live. My room was in the basement. And I got in trouble often for sneaking out, as you do. Oh, yeah. And so the punishment would be to have to sleep up in my baby brother's bedroom um, so that my parents could keep an eye on me. And uh, basically his room is situated at the end of the hallway on the top floor. And uh, the door kind of looks all the way down towards the top of the stairs. And the bed was positioned so that if you were laying on your left side with the door open, you'd be looking, you know, all the way down the hallway, kind of set it up. So um, I was trying to sleep with the door open and um, I had already had a bunch of incidences before this, but I heard some banging coming from the basement. And so I tried to kind of blow it off like, oh, you know, like the heater's kicking on or whatever. It's no big deal. Um, but then I heard like three loud bangs, which kind of pulled me out of it a little bit more, woke me up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And um, then I actually heard what sounded like someone running up the basement stairs, uh, opening the basement door, circling their way around the main floor, and then running up the stairs to the top floor where I was. And so, of course, like, that happened, and I was immediately, like, propped up on my arm, looking down the hallway, breathing heavily, freaked the fuck out. Um, and I saw at the end of the hallway, at the top of the stairs, like, the best way I can describe it is kind of this humanoid-looking 
shadowy figure, mm. and um, it was bigger than a person would be. But it's basically it's two top hands were on the the top landing of the stairs, and <clears throat> the rest of it I could kind of tell like it was up on its tippy toes. I don't know, like it, its haunches were kind of up high. Hmm. Like it just looked like it was poised at the top of the stairs. Now and tell um, me, Maureen, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Do you think that if this shadow person had a dog, what kind of dog would it have? That's a good question, George. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a very good question, Mr. Nori. I think it would have um I think it would have a Pekingese. Oh I you're wrong. It is a cocker spaniel. The wow. answer is cocker spaniel. Wow. Well, this is very cool. I was hoping it would have looked like the Swedish chef from the Muppets uh, with all the banging down there. Well, that's fun. It so would have been a lot fucking? less freaky. No, because you think the Swedish chef all he does is fuck? No, all he does is cling pants around. That doesn't cook nothing. Okay, so you're paralyzed in fear. So how old are you at this time? I was like 15 years old. Okay. So what did you do? Um. So we literally just... I mean, it had no eyes, but, like, locked in gazes down the hall, and for what felt like forever, it was probably half a second. And the thing tore up the rest of the stairs, still on its hands and feet, so it never fully stood up and, like, started bounding towards my room, or, like, where I was at in my brother's room. So I was... Like, the room's small enough, I was able to get to the door with my hand while still on the bed, and I slammed the door shut, tumbled out of bed, and, like, leaned against it, and um, screamed bloody murder. (laughs) I think both of my brothers still have PTSD from uh, the scream I let out, but screamed bloody murder. My parents came tearing out of their room, um, took them forever to kind of get me convinced to unlock the door. And at 15 years old, like, was absolutely okay with crawling into bed in between my parents and staring up at the ceiling and freaking out at every creak in that house for the rest of the night. So oh, your parents oh. were just like, so glad you finally saw it, and that was your punishment. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like a, a, a great punishment, I guess. You won't sneak out of the house again. Yeah. Did you do any oh, sorry, research into what it, who was previously on the house? Did you do any, any sort of research about like, what the history of the house was? Did your parents see shit, too? Yeah, so this was actually, this was around the time where my parents still didn't believe me. A lot of the activity actually took place in the basement. And um, shortly after this incident, my baby brother started sleeping with towels and jeans shoved under his door because he said it flew open in the middle of the night. So that started happening, and my mom has insomnia, and a couple months later she was trying to sleep on one of the downstairs couches and actually felt someone tuck her hair behind her ear. Mm. And I just, I remember that morning pretty clearly because I, you know, my parents didn't believe me for forever. And then I came uh, up for breakfast and my mom was like, I'm real, I'm real sorry. You were right. This, this house was haunted. I was like, yeah, yeah I know. Teenage victim. I know. That's always nice when you <laughs> yeah. get one over and it's like that. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate it. Hey, guys, I appreciate talking to you. I've been a fan for so many years, and I love all the success you guys are having. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Honestly, thank you. That's really nice. Thank thank you so much for calling. That was great. Hail yourself. Yeah, man. Have a good night. Hail Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Okay, the next caller, Henry, you're going to love this guy. 
His name is Michael. I'm going to love this. You're going to love that. I feel isn't this a, this is a this is a Henry story. It's definitely more a Henry of a Marcus story. story. Your smile. Actually, actually, I think this is more of a Marcus. Okay, story. this is been, a Marcus story. It's actually one of the stories that I've been most excited about. All right, well, <laughs> so um, I don't want to I don't want to ruin the surprise. Should we just get to Michael's yeah, we, story? We, yeah, we can't ruin this guy's okay. surprise. Hello, uh, yeah, yeah, Michael. Uh, let's get into it. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, the story happened uh, back in like 2011, and I live in Daytona Beach, Florida. And uh, you have to mandatory bylaw do a woo after you say Daytona Beach, Florida. Koozie country. Yeah, it's it's, uh, I drive past the last resort where they arrested Eileen Warnos every day when I go to work. Dude, that documentary, you should go in there sometime. It honestly looks like a fun bar. (laughs) Dude. I um there's two places you don't go in Daytona and it's the last resort in Crook's Den because you'll get stabbed. Oh, so uh, so, yeah. so I, I can't go in there. Um, okay, so we uh, a group of a bunch of my old bandmates and I we uh, headed out to this place called Casadega. It's this little. It's about 20 minutes west of Daytona, and it's this little tiny town where basically a bunch of fortune tellers and psychics live. Um, so it's really small. <laughs> yeah, basically a gypsy town, but it's it's really small and it's it's very creepy at night. People don't come out of their houses because they're all like they don't like being gawked at because it's basically like a town filled with like Wiccans and psychics. So um, awesome. we we yeah we go out there we would go out there when we were younger and just kind of drive around and look at shit and fuck around. But um, one night we're out there and we're driving around in uh, our van and uh, we pull down a little dirt road. It's a little tiny road, and um, you know so we're about to back it up and a cat jumps out of the woods mm-hmm. and it stops about seven or eight feet in front of the van and the headlights were right on it i'm in the passenger seat my friend pat was in the driver's seat everybody else was in the back of the van and before i tell you what i saw nobody was drinking mm-hmm. uh everyone in this band everyone in this band was unfortunately straight edge except for me Ooh. so i couldn't drink around them because they weren't fucking fun oh dude that's so, a real horror um, story right there just share how <laughs> I, I, yeah Exactly. And uh, so the driver and I, at the same time, I know he saw it the same time I did. We both said the same thing at the exact same time without looking at each other. We both said, look at his fucking face. And what we saw was a little cat about seven feet in the headlights frozen with a little fleshy baby face. (laughs) (laughs) I I the baby-faced cat from Mud Creek. It, yeah. it did not have a... Love me. Yeah, you remember that from dinosaurs. I know. I'm thinking about dinosaurs. It did not have a snout, so it wasn't like a cat that just didn't have fur or whiskers or something. It had a a fat little baby face. Now, and like, it, full on like <laughs> nose and baby mouth and baby eyes. I did not see a nose. I saw eyes, and I saw mouth, and just like fat cheeks. Did it have a pacifier or anything like that? To really- <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it didn't. But um, it was crazy because it stood in front of the van for about four four full seconds. So it was like one Mississippi, two Mississippi. We got a good look at it, and like on four Mississippi, Pat and I just start going ah, and screaming, oh, God, and it's <laughs> Well, it just gets up on its hind legs, starts, like, moving its weird nipple tits back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Take a picture of the last one. Did the band continue their sobriety, or did he immediately hit some whiskey after that? 
No, they were they were always lame. So they just they're still and they're vegan most of them. So it was not they fun. Always are. But um, so the cat, as we start screaming and everybody comes up from the back of the van, its face ran like wax. It was like melting wax. It just was like bloop, and it was a cat, and then it shot off into the dark. Wow. And like. I had never seen anything like it. We know what we saw. I mean, and we just, we got out of there. So, yeah, but there's, there's a second part to the story I put in the email. So um, a couple years later, we go back to Casadega. We haven't been back in a while. And this time we're out walking around in the van, and or out of the van walking around, and uh, we're getting close to where the cat was. And I told it was my friend Pat and I again, and I told him, I was like, dude, this is where we saw the cat with the human face. Like, I don't really want to fuck around with that. And Pat, he turns to me and he's like, yeah, whatever, man. The only pussy I see is standing right in front of me. He was trying to mess with me, and as he said that, a cat ran out of the woods through our little group of people and just kept going. Cats so talk. I also hate that lame straight edge joke. It's like, the, yeah. It's like yeah, sick burn, bro. Good yes. job, bro. Good lord. Well, baby face cat. Oh, oh my god, One baby. Day I will find the other cat oh. like me. Finally, a cat can be far, far less lonely. Oh, baby face cat. I love baby face cat. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Michael. That was great, dude. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thank you so much for including it, man. I love the show. I love Top Hat. Thank you. Henry, I fucking love Murder Fist Fuck and man. Pretty Face. Yeah. I fucking love the videos you guys have been putting up. It's great. Hell Thank yeah. you, man. Hail yeah. Satan. Hail yourself, buddy. Yeah, dude. Hail it. Satan, man. Come to Florida. Come to Florida. Right. You guys got to come to we will. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely coming to Florida next year, without a doubt. Well, awesome. We'll be there. Come party with us, guys. We'd love to have you. Definitely. All right, guys. Peace. The only acceptable reason to interrupt a podcast? Your dog. That was your dog saying thank you for BarkBox. You can take a minute now. You pet your dog. You're going to learn about Bark. It's the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Yay! Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. No, Wendy, I can't get you a whip. You're too cute for weapons. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Mmm, tubers. My dogs love their toys selectively. But BarkBox sends good little ones for the little tiny mouths. They have little mouths, but strong, big spirits. So they fight over the little toys. I imagine they think that they are hunting and going after little bugs and rats and oh they love their life and they love the they love what bark box brings because bark box brings the bark and puts it in a box yep to get your free upgrade go to barkbox.com slash l-e-f-t this podcast is brought to you by squarespace finding work-life balance can be tough but squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, 
you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Every day, I fight to set my child up for success, which is why as I sit and read Carmi and Wendy Dune, trying to explain to them the concepts of the savior complex not working, doubling back on itself, the concept of what does it mean to be a living God? What are those limitations? What are those expectations? And honestly, I know they just want chicken. But there are kids out there that need this type of direct help. And IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them understand and master topics in a fun way. Not unlike me, reading children, Dune Messiah, getting to about 365, seeing where they're at, see if they understand anything. There's no more grading these worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. You can't even believe it! You don't want to make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And last podcast in the left listeners could get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash left. Visit IXL.com slash left to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Speaking speaking of murder fist, what was the the line from that uh, from the murder fist sketch? Is that all cats can talk, most, most cats, cats won't, won't talk, talk because they're smug. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> now, um, okay, this is maybe a fun scenario like question to ask for our podcast. Mm-hmm. But if uh, um, I'm sort of weird, perverted, I'd say man. Where the fuck that cat? <laughs> is that is that pedophilia or is that bestiality? It's bestiality. It's definitely bestiality. Uh, yeah. Oh, because it doesn't go. What makes the difference? That's a cat. It's a cat. Yeah, oh, it's, but a it's, not baby <laughs> it's a baby. Yeah, but it's mostly cat. It's mostly cat. Yeah. So what's the cutoff? Sixty-five <laughs> percent. All right, now we're joined by Jamie. Is this another haunted house story? She knows she's hiding from her children currently. Is this the story that you're literally scared of your children? <laughs> it's true. She is in her car hiding from the kids. Thanks for calling in. So you have a you have a haunted tale for us. 
I do. So we grew up uh, right next door to my grandma, and she pretty much raised me and my sister. And um, in, like, junior high, I started staying the night there on the weekends just to keep her company. And one summer, um, when I was about 16, I was over there one night. It was about 11 midnight. And um, I was sitting on the couch in the living room, and I smelled smoke. And my grandma always would fall asleep smoking cigarettes. And so I immediately jumped up from the couch and ran to her bedroom to check on her. And she was asleep. There wasn't any cigarettes. Mm. And so once she was all good, I walked back down the hallway towards the living room and I walked past the door that led to the upstairs and I heard fire crackling coming from the upstairs. And so I started walking up the stairs and I realized halfway up that I could see my breath and this was weird, one, because it was in the middle of summer, and two, because my grandma constantly kept her house at 100 degrees. And mm-hmm. so I got closer and closer to the top of the stairs, and the fire crackling noise was getting louder and louder. But as soon as my foot hit the top, everything stopped. I couldn't see my breath anymore, couldn't hear the noise anymore. So I got the fuck out of there, and I walked downstairs really fast. And as soon as I hit the bottom of the stairs, I heard the fire crackling noise again coming from the kitchen, which if you walk through the kitchen, it leads to the basement. And so I followed the noise and I opened the the basement door. And as soon as I did that, I could see my breath again. The Mm. fire crackling noise was super loud. So I started walking downstairs because I'm an idiot. And I walked um, down the stairs to check out what was going on. And as soon as I got down to the bottom, again, everything just stopped. Couldn't see my breath, couldn't hear the noise. So I ran upstairs to super fast and um, walked back to the living room. And as soon as I sat down on the couch, I heard a gunshot noise come from inside the house. And I, mm. I jumped because it's a gunshot and I ran to check on my grandma. And as soon as I got into the hallway, I stopped because I noticed at the end of the hallway where the bathroom is, the light was on and the door was just slightly opened. And from when I had checked on my grandma before, I know for a fact that the light was off. And so I slowly walked towards the the bathroom and again could see my breath and I pushed the door open and the room was full of smoke and the mirror above the sink was shattered. Mm. And so I like backed up for a quick second and I glanced to the right towards my grandma's room and I looked back and light was off, mirror was completely intact. And so the next day I talked to my grandma about it and I was like, what the hell? And I found out that in the bathroom is where my grandfather shot himself when he found out he had colon cancer when I was three and the bullet shattered the mirror. Wow. Jamie, I have to ask you, so when you watch a horror movie and you see the characters making all the wrong decisions, did you just mimic those? <laughs> when you're just like, I, I, I go down that path, do everything I should, so just go with the basement. the danger. <laughs> I, I did, but what was so weird is like, I knew that what I was doing was stupid and that I was walking into something possibly really weird, but for mm-hmm. some reason, I was compelled and at the same time at peace with it. Like, I, I don't know. I think the fact that it was, I, I wholeheartedly feel it was my grandfather. Mm. Well, like, I was true. okay with it, but. Well, if it's true that intelligence is still alive in a house, it's like if there's something like that, if that, if that, is, if that is true about hauntings, it's like, it sounds like it's a version of communicating with you to kind of like get you to uh, kind of like, it's like, it's like he's reaching out, trying to say hello, essentially, Strange. in a very more. Yeah. yeah. 
At least it yeah, and didn't look into your grandmother's bedroom and just saw the f- ghostly form of your grandfather making love to her. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be nice oh, for no. the grandmother, perhaps. I don't know. No. no. And, well, and that's the thing is, like, my whole life, like, whenever I would be at the house, because they had separate bedrooms because they were an old-timey couple, and whenever we'd go into his bedroom, it was ice cold in there and mm. so i just was always like hi grampy and then when i walked downstairs to put something in her freezer room and the freezer room door was always shut if i had my hands full the door would always open for me oh, and so oh. we just always we just always assume i was always like hey thanks grampy and so just oh, you know, that's how old were you like, when this happened I was 16. Yeah. I, I do love that the term old-timey couple, it really just means, like, no longer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we were in love one day. Yeah. And then <laughs> How hot would it be yeah, if you if, in if, one room? If you would ask my grandpa, it would have been, or my grandma, it was pretty clear that they were not. So it's fine. Oh. That is a, thank you so much for sharing that story. That's really interesting. You don't think that doesn't heighten the lovemaking when you're in separate bedrooms? Because then know. one can sneak over and just, like, pretend like uh, you're in. Uh, a fraternity or sorority or something? Yeah, you go in there, tickle her feet while she's asleep, and then you, uh, you get a, you get in there? Or? I don't know. I mean, that's going to be, uh, that'll have to be a consensual situation between married couples. You have to work it out in writing when you get married. I don't know. I can make love to your feet anytime I want. That could be one of the rules that a relationship might have. Thank you so much, Jamie. Get back and take care of your kids. Yeah, Jamie. I will. She's fine. She's fine. Kids can Is there anything like me? They're currently your living room uh is going to be covered in whatever uh, mac and cheese is around the house. Yeah, it's like you you just setting a fire in the kitchen is good, yeah. like dressed like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, penis stuck behind between your legs going, do you want to fudge me? I'd fudge me. I like that you cleaned it up for the show. Very, thank you, Henry, for that very bizarre shift in personality. Thank you, JB. Yeah, thank you guys. It's an honor. Uh, it's yeah. an honor to speak to you. Oh, well, thanks, Henry. And of course, hail yourself. Hey, hail you guys. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 On the phone with us now, we have Jesse. Jesse has an interesting story that you're gonna, you guys are going to love. So you're not going to like it. I don't know. You're not going to like I, it. I might like it. Evidently, there's a serial killer. His name is Gary Heidnick. And, uh, and Jesse, you had an opportunity to meet this guy's kid? Yeah, it was uh, completely by accident. I was uh, traveling along the East Coast about two years ago, visiting friends and family. And uh, my buddy Mac, who I used to play in a band with, he called me up. He goes, hey, man, what you doing tonight? And I'm like, nothing. Let's go out. Let's go hang out. And he's like, okay. Uh, I got a friend with me, though. Uh, my friend Gary's here. Is that cool if he comes? I'm like, yeah, dude, more the merrier. So we get together at this bar, and we're hanging out. And this guy, Gary, he's totally cool, nondescript just a chill dude like uh, nothing notable about him at all no red flags no nothing and uh the night ends we all had a good time and i go home a few months later i'm back on the east coast again hanging out with mac and he's just like hey uh do you remember my friend gary and i'm like yeah and he goes um you'll know about this because you're into true crime but um have you ever heard of a guy named Gary Heidnick? And I'm like, yeah, that's the dude uh, who inspired the rape pit in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. And he's, yeah. Yeah, the guy in Philly in the mid-80s. And I was just like, uh, yeah, yeah, well, what's that got to do with anything? And he's like, oh, yeah, well, my friend Gary, who he drank with, that's his son, Gary Heidnick Jr. And I'm like, please say you said Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr., you would have been bored to death because jazz sucks. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> jazz singing. I think jazz singing is also the lowest form of jazz as well. <laughs> so when you were hanging out with the guy, did he seem quiet about his family past? Was he an open person, or did it seem like he was guarded and hiding something? No, he was just a dude. Like, it never came up when I was there hanging with him. And I asked my friend Mac, I said, well, how did you find this out? And he goes, we were just hanging out together one night drinking, and it just came out. Like, man, my dad did some horrible things, bro. He's like, yeah, like, all of our fathers have done horrible things. <laughs> you don't understand, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's how I accidentally had drinks with the uh, the son of a famous American serial killer. He uh, kidnapped eight women, uh, raped all of them, and killed two of them. Well, Horrible. you know, what a total scumbag. It's interesting that the guy had the ego to name his child uh, after himself, very similar to what Henry's father did. Well, it's <laughs> oh. to continue the legacy. But you know what? I think that you, you pretty much always accidentally hang out with the child of a serial killer because it, they rarely lead with it. Yeah, very rarely. Yeah. Very rarely come out and just say, like, my dad loves just taking it. You know what I mean? He's just go to be like, oh, my dad told me how to eat in a restaurant, just taking food off of people's plates, sticking his fingers in there, licking right. all over the insides of them. Maybe not licking. I don't oh, know. God. Either way, he's definitely a horrible person, his father is. But now, Thank you uh, for clarifying. Did, Again, we, I'm just glad that kids will always make sure to clarify that these yeah. murderers are bad. I get confused. I know. That's that's my, actually my deep concern with both of you. Um, so, well, thank you so much for sharing that story. Do you do you feel more disgusted now as a human being knowing that you shook the hands with someone who was a direct descendant of a serial killer? Oh, no, because I used to hang out with, like, a real murderer. Um, well, that's the story to leave with. What is going on? That's the second story? <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Uh, oh, God, how do I even start this? I'll give you the, the Cliff Notes version because I know we're on a, a time schedule here. But um, my dad had a friend in high school named Tom. Uh, we grew up in central Jersey. And every year... Um, I think it was like in the mid nineties, starting when I was like maybe five or six, we'd go up to Tom's property up in the Poconos. He was one of those dudes that had a really nice big spot in the woods. So, um, one thing I noticed immediately going to this dude's house was it was a nice, beautiful house, but there were guns everywhere. And even at like five or six, I knew that this was kind of like, uh, not normal. So I asked my dad, I was like, dad, why does uncle Tom have all these guns? And he was like, well, son, your uncle Tom, um, is one of those people preparing for the revolution with finger quotes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And instead of bombing a federal building, what actually happened later on was, and this happened when I was in college, um, he owned some rental properties. Like that's how he was able to afford this real nice spot in the Poconos. And um, what he did was he gave his dad one of these apartments. And when his dad was in the hospital for something, another dude, Tom knew, um, apparently broke into the apartment, stole some money or something so he confronted the guy about this like drove him out somewhere and was like did you do this did you rip my father off and the guy said yeah so he drove him out to the woods and made this guy dig his own grave and then shot him to death that's how business is done that'll and happen that'll happen. My that'll happen that's, what, that's how it is in queens right <laughs> it, yeah exactly. exactly all right that's well, how it's called uh, technically it's the mafia spring cleaning yeah because <laughs> so. then you don't even get tired from digging a grave. I, honestly, I've never understood why anyone would dig their own grave. Mm. Just you're going to die. Why would the last act be manual labor? But that's just me. Well, only I, if maybe, lazy. I don't know. Maybe he was just going to be like, "Wow, you're really good at this. How about I give you a job instead?" Yeah, like, I don't know. Grave digger. <laughs> How many do you need? Well, thank you so 
much, Jesse. I appreciate the call. We appreciate the call. Oh, hey, thank you so much. Hail Satan, guys. Hail Satan, dear. Hail yourself, bud. We got Jared on the phone now. Now, this story takes place during a high school musical, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was a key role in Babes in Arms Ugh. in the Pacelli High School production of Babes in Arms. I did quite well. What were you? Were you the arms? No, I wasn't the arms. Did you no. say? Wait a second. I've heard your singing voice. It is the worst singing voice I've ever heard in my life. Oklahoma is <laughs> Arkansas. I'm trying to legitimately sing for a second. I'm sorry, Jared. Thank you for calling. We're going to talk to you. What's, a a, what's the lyric? Sing a song that you know. Like sing, I've always th- sing I've Always Been Crazy. And I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag. <laughs> you just said a sentence. It's a different song. It's a Johnny Cash no, song. I know that, but that's. And I'm <laughs> mighty proud of that ragged old flag. But Jared was a part of a, of a little musical that I did. He saw. He saw. We're going to go into this this story. I was Mr. Mushnick because when you in Little Shop of oh. Horrors, which is what we're going to talk about today, and because when you're 300 pounds at the age of 16, you play <laughs> all the old men that are in every show. You get to be a Mister because your life. Experience Expectancy is shorter. <laughs> well, thanks for calling, Jared. So, what's the story? Yeah. Uh, so, basically, I think every high school theater has like a uh, a ghost that lives there. You know, they just called uh, the ghost. It was just a janitor in my in my, in my yeah. high school that they just didn't want to consider to be a person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, same thing, pretty much. Um, but I was I was a uh, I was in tech in high school, so you know the carpentry, the lights, stuff like that. Uh, and so that meant a lot of late nights. We would yeah. stay at school till midnight, one o'clock, building things. So you were not there out on Skid Row, <laughs> uptown where the girls are hot. Yeah, did you do that? You I do that. did not. No, I was uh, I was positioned under the stage. Uh, where the ghouls are. Why did yeah. I, can you let Jared tell this story and stop criticizing <laughs> the people that make you look mildly what, lookable? Watchable. Watchable. Somewhere oh. Well, you know what? That doesn't work if your microphone doesn't work or if there's no lights on you, there is no show. Mm. Tech, the unsung heroes of everything. Thank you, Ben. No problem, Marcus. Yeah, hey, thanks. Marcus got uh, a bump to performer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jared. So you're doing the production. You're making all the lights work. You're helping people like Henry Zabrowski look good on stage. Exactly. Uh, so the thing about theaters is that when it's dark and empty and everyone's gone for the day, it's uh, it's pretty creepy. Um, you can't really see all the way from one side to the other, you know, when the lights are out. Uh, so your brain tends to just sort of make things up that happen. So any noise, any little thing you catch out of your peripheral is always, like, the scariest thing in the world. We'd hear all sorts of weird things, uh, laughing, crying, murmuring, you know, just that sort of stuff. Did you sound anything? Did you hear anything that sounded like this? Mushnikan son, sounds great. Three words with the ring of fate. Some say you'll incorporate with me. Oh, get him off the stage. We did, you know, we did hear stuff like that. It was weird. Did any kids die of embarrassment in that? Well, that's that's possible. But honestly, I I wonder where the ghosts in theaters even come from if it's not Abraham Lincoln where he was shot. Right. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the school wasn't even that old. It was like, uh, I don't know, maybe 15 years old at that point. So there isn't even that history you could blame. Hmm. Uh, 
So yeah, good times. All <laughs> there right. Always... And, and how was the performance, if I may ask? It was excellent. Uh, I'm sure I have a DVD of it somewhere that I will probably never watch again, but that's okay. Did you have uh, one of those like we, big, we like, our plant, when we did it, like a guy sat in the bottom of it and then two people had to operate the top of the bottom. Was it a big plant or was it a small Yeah, plant? it was, we had three or four different puppets. Um, awesome. Did you do original bad ending or did you do happy ending like they made from the movie? No, we did the bad ending. We yeah. did the... Nice. Yeah. Spoiler alert, everybody dies. It's oh, awesome. Whoa. <laughs> Feed me. I will take over the rest of this fucking show. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie The Gallows? I have not. It's the dumbest shit. It's the same thing. It takes place. It's like a horror movie that is like a, a serial killer that it's like in a uh, it's a uh, High school drama like play, set, yeah. but the whole thing is just nooses, which uh, is the worst nooses. weapon. It's just nooses. They just hang there. Well, you, you know gotta, how you, yeah, you know yeah, how you, you fucking to... avoid a noose? You duck. Yeah, you, <laughs> you move <laughs> to the side. Yeah. It's a noose. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. hanging there for you. You know who gets caught in nooses? Squirrels. Yeah, that'll, that'll happen. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate the scary tale. Yeah, man. Hail yourself, buddy. Hail Satan. Yeah, you too. The next caller. This is a big one for us. Is it? His name is Trey. Uh, this involves Waco, Texas. We know what happened there. Yeah. Thanks, Janet Reno. <laughs> and Jared Marino's fucking barbecue. Absolutely. And Alex Jones. Ooh. We got ourselves a twofer. Oh, we got a twofer. Globalist. Globalist. Honestly, I think I will always, I will technically stand by Alex Jones only because he's an incredible performer. He's losing it very quickly. He's uh, a now good that, actor. By the way, one of the great ironies is they want to brand international which is global uh so alex jones has officially become a globalist well thanks so much for calling trey what's the story no problem um well if you what this woman had to say it was actually hillary clinton that gave the order to uh you know go ahead yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. get that iguana in short pants all right <laughs> Okay, so um, so yeah, I spent the last year in Waco, and I uh, I finally went out and visited the compound, just cause you know fun. Yep. And um, <laughs> uh, we went to see it, and the first thing that was weird is like there's a uh, there's a memorial plaque which is uh, included the names aborted fetus gent, yep. little one Jones, and aborted baby Summers. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, that was rough stuff. Um, so then we're like kind of walking around taking pictures, and a lady is like kind of tailing us, and she pulls up. She's like, "Where y'all from? Uh, where I'm from, Waco. She's from Austin." She's like, "Oh, okay. Well, uh, you want to see the inside of the church? Like, of fucking course we do." Yeah. And uh, she told us that uh she was like yeah this whole church recently had been rebuilt uh do you know who alex jones is mm. uh, yeah yeah we know uh, yeah i do <laughs> and uh she said that recently uh, a few years ago i guess a bunch of he had brought a bunch of volunteers down to rebuild the church at the branch davidian compound of course he did can give it back to the community can you imagine with the Bob Vila version of Alex Jones, <laughs> foreman Alex Jones <laughs> desperately tried to hammer together wood. It's globalist wood. You can, you can call it globalist wood. I'm alive. This, I'm a human. This hammer's broken. It's made in China. You can tell. Uh, well, um, yeah. So she and she was telling us how, 
she uh, her husband was in the Davidia or the, I guess the Seventh Day Adventist before uh, David got involved, and he kind of quit. And now they're just ta- caretakers of the land. Mm. So uh, so after we finished talking to this maniac, uh, we I texted a buddy who I knew lived out there, and I was like, hey, uh, I think I'm close to your house. He's like, oh, yeah, those are the neighbors. You want to come over, and I'll tell you what happened when – because their family lives right next door, like in the land next door. And uh, so he tells me after I go over there that the ATF actually uh, commandeered their family's land for, like, months – after that whole thing happened, mm-hmm. um, was it like a pop-up like, up, like Twin Peaks like thing that you could go like hang out? Did they do like a pop-up Waco thing where you could go <laughs> and get souvenirs and like, meet the people that survived and get off? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there was no one there, so. Uh, um. Um, yeah. Um, All right. So you're talking. You got this creepy conversation going on. You're touring the place. Yeah, we finished that, and then we. Uh, so after we left there. We went and talked to my buddy at his uh, at his place, and he was just telling us that, um, yeah, like, oh, and this was a fun thing, because his, yeah, his family, like, owned uh, land right next door, because they're cattle barons, and uh, they would find, sometimes, they would find girls in the, uh, the work trucks around the land, uh, just begging the workers to not send them back to the compound, just begging to for a ride to the Greyhound station. Hmm. Oh, Apparently, this happened like more than once, and so like the the my friends' workers would drive these girls to Greyhound station and buy them a ticket to anywhere else. Well, this was when Alex Jones had the compound. No, this is when David Koresh had it. Yeah, this is when. What the heck is okay? All right, with Alex Jones. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't handle the decibels. They can't handle the barbecue. The actual warmth from his body. Um, Yeah, so they would find girls, and they would have to. They would go buy them Greyhound tickets to escape that horrible place. Honestly, rescued a lot of people. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's very. It it was like we were talking. It was like, wow, this is. We didn't know any of this. Um, so then before we left, he mentioned, or he told us that his, his mom also lives on the land. And as of late, a lot of people have been moving back to the compound mm. and like in the back where it says no trespassing and you can't see because there's so many trees, which after the Oklahoma city episodes, I was like, Oh, that really scares the shit out of me. Or they know that place is cheap now. Yeah. I mean, it's always scary when you know for a fact there's like at least 100 people there, but it's population one because everyone's a sovereign citizen, and they have their own population yeah. outside of every door. I'm the country of Barryovia. No. Oh, that's fun to see. I'm the con- I'm the country of Thomas Sylvania. Barryovia. I love it. I'm not the individual Thomasvania. I am just the person. I am of the sovereign Thomasvania. My real name is Randy. <laughs> so they're um, all moving back there now. What's that compound like? Are they trying to re? Are they trying to recreate what happened to Waco or the Branch well, Davidians? I, I don't. It just seems like they're like behind. Like there's because it's still pretty sparse. Like the area you can see, mm-hmm. but there's like some roads that go to like you know the back of the lot that just say no trespassing and they're kind of gated off and. Uh, apparently, people just been like going in and not coming back out. We we don't want to get we don't want to put you in harm's way, but there is a mission. If you want to go snoop around, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, feel free. Get, get some it, footage. Man. Let us know what's get going a, on. Get a flashlight. 
I don't know what else you need. Yeah, get, get one of those tech flashlights yeah, that they run over with a car on the commercial. Oh, the one that you freeze in a block of ice? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That stupid. I love, I love that he knows that commercial. Have you ever seen that uh, oh, flashlight Kurt, commercial? Yes, yes, Are you a yes. man? Do you need a man's flashlight? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you can shoot it with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, let's send him into a compound so one of the drunk. most notoriously heavily armed cults to ever exist. You know what, Trey? Don't do it. Never mind. Don't do it. tired. They don't want to fight anymore. It's like a with that, uh, with that Whitney Houston, that Tina Turner song. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that's right, Tina. Uh, well, thank you so much for sharing the story. Appreciate it. Uh, interesting, Waco. I guess we'll have to keep an eye on what's going on over there. Yeah, no problem. I'm. Uh, I hope it was worth it. I want to update next year. Update. You've busted next over year? this commune. I want to hear from your fucking mouth. I'm a commune buster. I actually did uh, hung out with my buddy recently, and we dropped acid in the evening, and. I was just like, man, I want to go over there right now. I just want to go see what's happening. That's I really want to go see what's over there. <laughs> that's when you go, when you got the moment, when you get the momentum. That's the, that's the fun thing. Even if you see nothing, you see something. Yeah. No, without a doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I saw a lot of stuff. That's Thank you, Trey. Hail yourself, buddy. Appreciate you calling in. Hail Zane, buddy. Thank you all so much. All right. Hail Zane. Have a good night. Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor! By Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some chop. Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of chop. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hi! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. Now I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. We've got another creepy tale for you. <laughs> yeah. God, Come on, another. everybody, it's time for another creepy <laughs> tale. <laughs> All right, Jesse is on the phone. Uh, now, evidently, she nearly met a killer or did meet a killer. She met a potential. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, Jesse, thanks so much for calling in. What's this horrific tale? Oh, my Lord. So, yeah, it's probably the closest I've ever come to death, rape, possible torture my whole life. We were 17. We just graduated uh, high school. Sorry. And um, so we decided, hell, let's travel across country for the first time. Mm. Why not? Um, So it was me, my boyfriend, Jackson at the time, and our two other friends. Mm. And we took off from New York to go to L.A. Um, And, yeah, we ended up one night in Virginia and decided to, like, stop at one of those, like, campgrounds you drive into. Um, You pay the guy and you drive up and just park. And everything was good. We started drinking a bottle of whiskey. We scored at like a parent's house, like a parent liquor cabinet situation. Yeah. A couple nights before. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, <laughs> in uh, like Pennsylvania or something. But anyway, so we drank it, played some music, and decided to go to our respective tents for the night. Um, and around like 1 a.m. in the morning, Jackson had to go pee outside. And I was awake, too, and a flashlight spotted on him. And we thought that, you know, that's really freaky. Yeah. And approach seemed to be a police officer. Hmm. Now, was um, he in he uniform? Said, yes, complete uniform. 
Mm. Oh my God. Oh, I, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I've told maybe like five people this story my entire life. Um, so yeah, he came up, he told me to get out of the tent and it, it was like a hot, humid August night in the South. So naturally I was naked. Um, and so as I dressed, he was like watching me the whole time. Mm. Um, and I got out of the tent and he said, is this your bottle of whiskey? Cause we had it out on the picnic table and we said, yes. And he said, I need to ID you. So we go give him his ID, our IDs, and he notices our medium format cameras in the uh, in our car, and he starts talking about how he has a passion for photography, and how he loves like nude photography, and how um, he thinks like Penthouse and Hustler, and like the spread eagle shots are like so artistically done. So not and, like, exactly wow. speaking in like police terms. He's oh, speaking uh, like oh. an artist. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so at this point we were freaked out we were like what the hell man and he had us at this point sitting at the picnic table and we've been talking for maybe 45 minutes about his passion for nude photography and i asked him officer like you've been here for a while like are you gonna get in trouble like you know you're on your shift and he goes oh no 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 i've been off for hours and hours i'm fine and my that point my hair just raised on my skin i was so i knew something was up something was terribly wrong so he goes on he goes he asked me like are you a model and i say no officer i'm five foot three like i can't be and he was like oh no well like just the other you're beautiful and just the other night i had a woman who looked just like you um as my model walking naked through the woods under the moonlight it was amazing photo shoot would you be interested and of course I, I said no i i wouldn't sorry and he goes well how about why don't you two get in the back of my cop car and i'll tour you around the 800 plus acres of this forest and and show you it and we were like uh no honestly officer we're just we're so scared i mean true not scared of course we're fucking scared off our asses but uh, we said, no, like, we're really tired. We have a lot of driving to do tomorrow. Like, we'd really just like to go to sleep. And he says, all right, well, how about would you just, can I at least take a picture of you near your bonfire? And we were 17. We were scared shitless. So we're like, right. all right, we do this. Like, maybe this guy will, like, get off our ass and just get the fuck out of here. So he did it, and he showed us the picture. And to this day, I... I remember that picture perfectly. It was not artful. Uh, we, I, I looked, we were terrified. And Wow. He, this, it, it seems like you might have met Chop Top from the Sawyer family. <laughs> you honestly, uh, give me $5. $5. It's a good picture. That is a real horrifying <laughs> story. So at what point did you realize this guy's not a cop? Because I'm sure that had to dawn on you at some point. I honestly don't even know. Well, he could have been a cop if he's mm-hmm. got the full uniform he and died. shield. No, anyone can get that stuff. Yeah, you but can the, go buy him the, the car and all that. Yeah. I don't know, but you could always buy those cars, the like, you know, the like, like, the cop cars that they exactly. sell to whoever. Yeah, was it not? It didn't have lights on it, or didn't have anything. Like, did it look like a cop car? Or was it look like a like a, one of those hidden cop cars, like one of those like black Chryslers? Well, here's the deal. So he was parked like. You know how it's like a loop usually at those places? He was parked at like the opposite end of where we were. And I could, it was maybe like 50 feet away and it was so dark and it was so wooded mm-hmm. that it was hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were fucking terrified. You know, we were 17. 
Like, you know, we didn't want to get in trouble with the police, but this guy was fucking scary. Right. So, you basically walked up possibly to a proto-Jerry Brudos, proto-John Wayne Gacy, because both of them pulled the same shit. Okay. Brudos always did the thing of, like, you, you look like you could be a model, and then uh, and you know, Gacy pretended to be a cop. Honestly, you could be a model, though. That That's encouraging. That is really <laughs> nice. No matter what your height yeah, is, you could be whatever be you want. It really is nice to get the validation, yeah. even if you're about to, like, use I my head as a sex toy. Yeah. For a second, it's like, well, that that's so nice. And that's like my biggest fear is human trafficking and daddy yeah. long legs and tornadoes. So like, yeah. But you I get to see list. the world for free. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Horrible. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. We're extremely happy that you're alive and Very, fine. And, you somehow uh, swerved that just right. That was actually ooh. a really good call because somehow right. you got him like placated because that's really mm. what it is. Is that like you kind of have to get on his level for some fucked up reason and then get him out of there. Well, it's just so scary too because he's like, oh, they're drinking under age drinking so in his uh, you know when we were talking about with Picton mm. Robert Picton where she's like oh they're drunks they're on drugs yeah. so it validates the uh, I think what this guy might have also been doing is like something like kind of like what Ed Kemper did where it's like that slight escalation each time like every single time he goes out he takes it just a little bit further and a little bit further yeah that's scary and how far away were you from your just your your normal town like how far were you out of town well, I'm from like northern Westchester, New York. So we were yeah. in like Virginia. Oh so, shit! All right, we were 17. You know, we have New York license plates. Like our parents always said, like they hate Yankees down south. So we were just like, we thought we thought we were in it. We were either going to get arrested that night or dead. God oh only. Oh my me. gosh! Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. <laughs> that is truly horrific, and I I'm mean, happy you're all right. Did you ever have that in Lovers Lane scenario, like going where you go make out? With Zodiac I, killer it, stuff. It was like me and my girlfriend. I remember we would go like make out or fool around in the car, like in the areas where you know the kids would go make out, and like there was always sometimes yeah. like we, we'd have to deal with the cops all the time. We'd come in and shine in on the light, like and making the girls get dressed. And Can you imagine the shit. disgust <laughs> on the face of the officer uh, when they come to the I window felt- and see you and your girlfriend <laughs> in high school making out? With but each other. I think they were like, hell yeah. <laughs> That 45-year-old man with that 16-year-old girl, he should play Mr. Mushnick in Little Shop yeah, of Sir, I am That's 15 years old. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. Hail yourself and happy you're all right. Thank you. Hail yourselves. Love you guys. Hail Satan. Thank you, thank you so much for calling. We're glad you're safe. Fuck yeah. Hail Satan. I have story. You have a st- <laughs> you have a story too. I have a story. Yeah, we're wow. gonna have we're gonna have Henry read a story now. Wow. I have a story. It's an organic story, huh? Yeah, I mean, I just like nothing I like do to sit in the office of uh, my apartment with my two best friends. Yeah, knee to knee. Yeah, just smelling each other. We're not sick of each other. Telling mm-hmm. scary no. stories. Not at all. Mm-mm. No. Now this one's by Jordan Spears. I don't want to say the title because it busts the secret. Ah. Mm. Yeah. One night, I had a tough time falling asleep, so I decided to take a stroll through the woods. And little did I know, it was only the beginning of the nightmare that is now my life. It was around 1.45 a.m., a brisk night, a still night. Armed with my flashlight, I walked straight into the forest on the outskirts of my town. In hindsight, I should have noticed how quiet it was, especially for it being a forest in the summer. I should have noticed the lack of any noise. There wasn't even a breeze. Suddenly there was the sound of branches breaking, as if someone were tearing them straight off the trees. I panicked, thinking there could be a bear or some other horrible creature ready to pounce, and little did I know, 
It was something so much worse than that. Something far worse. Like a tiger. (laughs) I stopped walking and cocked my head to the side, hoping to hear the sound of footsteps so I would know which way to run if it came to that. I also picked up a couple of loose stones from the ground, mostly just to calm my nerves. A loud, (laughs) obliterated the silence. It sounded as if Ric Flair had a throat lubricated with bacon grease. I could almost smell the noise. I flipped the switch of my flashlight to try and hide my location, a loud thumping accompanying the noise. And in the light of the full moon, I saw a human shape come around a tree in front of me. It was about 15 feet away and nearly 6 feet in height. I heard a loud sniffing sound. Then I could see the outline of its head turn my way. It started coming closer. And it started to feel adrenaline pump into my system. I turned tail and ran. I was sprinting as fast as I could, and this guy was easily keeping pace with me. I tripped and rolled on my back, knowing that in a few moments, my life would be over. As a last-ditch effort, I decided to turn my light back on and maybe blind my pursuer. I waved the flashlight around wildly, hoping to catch his eyes in the light. Large black eyes reflected back, and I would nearly peed my pants, thinking for a moment that I was looking at some extraterrestrial being. Once I took a moment, though, I realized that it was sunglasses. Who would wear sunglasses while in the forest at 2 a.m.? Why would anyone do that? I took in the rest of this guy's outfit, track pants, snakeskin boots, and a bright green bowler shirt with embroidered with some flames rising up from the bottom. The shirt was streaked with some dark liquid that I couldn't really identify, and I raised the light back up to the man's head. He had a black goatee with a bleached streak down the middle like a racing stripe and bleached spiky hair on top of his head. He looked weirdly familiar. Like I, like I, like I, I, maybe I'd pass him the street or something. I couldn't place him. He started to giggle as he approached me and opened his mouth without moving his lips. I heard this sentence emanate from him. You're taking the gobble, bull throttle. <laughs> he charged after that. Still laying prone on the ground, there was little defense as he belly flopped on top of me like an inept diver. The wind was very nearly knocked out of me and he tried to pin me down. I grabbed a hold of his arms and realized they were also covered with the same dark liquid that was also on his shirt. It was barbecue sauce. I screamed and he yelled, this sauce is money. Oh no, I know right, what and with the sudden movement, I don't like this one bit. Deep into my shoulder, tearing a chunk out of my muscle. He twisted his head from my side to side like an alligator, pulled his head back. He swallowed my flesh and as I laid there sobbing, knowing that my life was over, I could feel the lifeblood pumping out of my shoulder with each beat of my heart. He made a smacking sound with his lips and said, I could put this on a flip-flop and it would taste good. Oh, I don't like it. (laughs) He then climbed off of me and flipped his sunglasses to the back of his head, and I had a moment of clarity, and I realized this man, this monster, was Guy Fieri. He looked me dead in the eye, and he said, Now that you you bear my mark, you shall walk the earth for all eternity, buddy. Bro, dude, you will haunt niners, drive-ins, and dives until the sun burns out and no life is left on this planet. I'm driving the bus to Flavortown, and you're coming right along for the ride. Love, P. 
piece and taco grease. <laughs> oh. And with that, he let out a long bubbling sigh. <laughs> <laughs> His body started to shake and convulse, and he noticed his skin and clothes were sloughing off, slowing off, falling in chunks to the forest floor where it started to sink into the dirt. Soon only a skeleton remained, and I, it, that too crumbled away. I forgot all about my shoulder as my new and horrible agony racked my body, causing me to twist into my side and curl into the fetal position. I puked <laughs> uncontrollably and shook. I felt as though my skin was splitting. The drop flashlight illuminated my body as I looked down and I saw that I was correct. Huge splits were running in my arms and I felt like I could, I could, it's the same, could be happening on my legs. In the splits, I could see something hit me. My head seemed to stretch and bulge as something forces out itself out the back of my head. I was on the ground screaming for what seemed like hours. At some point, I blacked out. I awoke and realized that my voice had been completely destroyed from the screaming, but I also realized the pain started to subside. I looked around and saw my skin and clothes littered the ground around me as if I had gassed them off. I felt my face and realized I had grown a goatee. Sick. Hell yeah. <laughs> sunglasses when I sit in the back of my head snugly and I stared down at my arms and saw tattoos that were never there before. Framing my arms there was a yellow short sleeve shirt with flames printed on the sleeves and the bottom of it. It hit me like a ton of bricks. My worst nightmare had come true. I am Guy Fieri now. <laughs> Guy Fieri? Guy would never... That is maybe the creation story of Guy it Fieri. could be. Well, why would I thank you. Guy Fieri is obviously a, an eternal being. I yeah, would also, why wouldn't he be? There's been positive drivers and dives forever. But honestly, Guy Fieri would never give up his life to ever share it with anyone else. <laughs> why he loves he? Guy Fieri, and he does not want to change being Guy Fieri. Why the heck would he? Guy Fieri has the single greatest time. life in human history. <laughs> Without a doubt. He has a fine life. Wow. 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 Wow, Bob. Wow. What a ride. What a ride. ride. Unbelievable. Thank you all uh, for calling. Thank you for everyone who submitted your stories. Another year. I can't believe it's already Halloween. It makes me really sad now that it's almost over because we're sitting here in their shirt and put the Christmas decorations up and that makes me so fucking mad. Oh, my goodness. Christmas is a fine holiday as well. Does it matter? It's give Halloween its time. I agree with that. Give Halloween its due. Let you it know have what? the month. When it is when it is Christmas season, Merry Christmas. That's what I am saying. <laughs> yes, this the war Merry Christmas, Christmas is over. Christmas. We say Merry Christmas. That's in no way if the corporations bought and sold the holiday and it has nothing to do with Jesus or his resurrection or his death or Christianity. Well, I'm just going to get Merry a belly Christmas. tattoo of Santa sucking his own fucking cock. There, <laughs> right? there just you. to celebrate the holiday. Uh-huh, very um, good. Well, yes, another witching season is over. Mm-hmm. Um, so excited. The harvest season is drawn to a close. Now the dead winter months come. That is why we celebrate Sawan. Mm-hmm. That is why we celebrate the coming cold months with a with a festivity which we'll be doing. You live this, in LA. I do, yeah. It's, no, it's 85 degrees here. Yeah. It's wonderful. Uh, it's ten, this Saturday. We do our Sawan Gala uh, here in Los Angeles. Yes. We can't wait to have you there. It's going to be a costume contest. There's going to be dance you're going to see. There's going to be, be comedy. Yep. All of the LPN family is going to be there. That's it's it. It's going to be a fucking blast. So excited to see everybody who comes. 
Um, we added an extra show in Omaha. Mm-hmm. That's we, right. We, we, added, we sold out in Omaha, so we've added a late show. So uh, you can uh, find all that on uh, the last podcast network or uh, the last podcast on the left dot com. There we it say is. Thank you to everybody that donated to hashtag No New Dudes. It's going to nice. go on to November first. We still have the same locations: Hyena Gallery in Burbank. We've got Bigfoot Lodge in Glendale, and in Brave New World Tattoo, which is in Upland, California, which is actually very sweet. It's a very nice little town. All mm. right. Thanks for everyone for participating. Who participated? Participated in that. Also, uh, keep on supporting all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. Uh, Abling is top app for everything political. Wizard and the Bruiser—they just lost a, uh, launched a Patreon. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so go you can give Holden your money. Yeah, I mean, if how you do you want. feel about that? I don't. They can do whatever they want to do with their hard-earned cash. I guarantee you, uh, there will be reasons for him to complain. So don't worry about <laughs> it. Uh, that's a joke. We love him here. Uh, and the Last Podcast <laughs> on the well, left. You just uh, like a cro- as you yeah. said, a tear squeeze. Oh, I want to say uh, go Dodgers in the World Series. Whoa, and, no. uh, oh yeah, and of course the Astros as well if you're out there in Houston. So uh, you're just whoever you're just whoever playing Whoever I just want you to be want happy. People to play the game. <laughs> That's win it. The game. And all the other shows here on LPM. Go and rate and review them on iTunes as well. Let's continue our world domination. Uh, thank you all so much for the Patreon. We really appreciate it. You guys are life changers, lifesavers. Uh, and I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Hail yourselves. Yeah, represent.com slash hail yourself. I believe it's the shirt or maybe still out for like two more days because yeah. we got a couple extra weeks which is pretty sweet so if you want to get those street t-shirts uh, follow us on Twitter at Henry Loves You at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel follow us on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel the number one That's and it. follow us at all the bullshits at LP on the left there it is November 7th big election day oh, don't yeah. forget if you're in New uh, York if you're in Brooklyn specifically <laughs> yes. yes just don't go to random <laughs> polling stations there's a lot of people in, in Brooklyn like, though a lot of people in Brooklyn yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. if you if you are like in like uh, Des Moines or something don't just go like I'm voting for Ben because then you'll arrest <laughs> yeah, you yeah they're and just it yelling at you yeah, doesn't make any yelling. sense um, hail Satan get off Facebook please please yep clear your mind of all the nonsense hail yourselves hail me again Magustalations! And happy Halloween! Oh, absolutely. Have a great Halloween. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency creates personalized anti-aging formulas that smooth fine lines, lighten dark spots, and improve the appearance of dark circles. Each formula is tailored to you and prescribed by a licensed dermatology provider. Formulas are customized with clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than retinol. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime.